0: If you will, take your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 2, and if you will today, stand with me in the reading and honoring of God's Word. Revelations chapter 2. These are the letters to the seven churches that John was instructed to write, words of our Lord Jesus to his church, beginning at verse 1 of Revelation chapter 2. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands says this, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men and you put to the test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you found them to be false and you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary but this I have against you that you have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen, and repent, and do the deeds you did at first. Or else I am coming to you, and will remove your lampstand out of its place, unless you repent. Yet this you do have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolation, which I hate also. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God." Our Father and God, how we thank you for the privilege of your word and for the presence of your spirit. May you guide our hearts and our minds and spirit today that we may worship you in spirit and in truth and with all that we are, honor you, for we ask this in Christ's name, amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Well, today indeed is a very special day as we come to worship our Lord. Uh, This Sabbath day, we also are putting a spotlight upon our senior adults and it as you already noticed, we recognize two very important parts of this congregation. Our senior adult ministry uh, means a lot to the body of this church and also to the community, and we're very thankful for all that they do in glorifying our Lord. But today is also another special day uh, with these four couples that have been uh, recognized for their anniversaries. Uh, my wife Kathy and I, too, are celebrating our 41st wedding anniversary today. And uh, it, it. thank you. Uh, It was something, I I do believe, that my mother-in-law, who's sitting up here and others perhaps didn't think would last because we were marrying so young. Uh, We were young and foolish and immature at the time, and uh, I'm sure that many of you have been in those same kind of places. Uh, When you're young, though, and you're in love, you do a lot of crazy things, don't you? You know, uh, you're going to do what you're going to do, and we did as well. We married 41 years ago today, and how very thankful I am for that. Uh, But along the way, you know, you begin to get to know each other. You begin to get familiar with each other. And in that familiarity, there are also blessings as well. But there also can be some problems that occur. Because with familiarity, sometimes you can become to the point where you take people for granted. At one point in our marriage, I did that with my wife. And as a result, there was suffering in our relationship. Uh, Times were up and down. They were difficult. Uh, They were touch and go. I would try to touch her, and she would say, go away from me. Um, So you know how it is. Those of you who have been married for a while, you know how things are. You have those great, exhilarating times, and you have those lows, difficult times. The fact of the matter is is we all know that, that there's a need to cultivate that loving environment time after time. Our relationship had gotten so bad at one point we went to a social function and a a lady noticed that my wife was wearing her wedding band on the wrong finger. She went up and and asked her, she said, Kathy, do you realize that you're wearing your wedding band on the wrong finger? And she said, yeah, and I think I've married the wrong guy too. Um, so we've, we've had our ups and downs. We've had our troubles, but I want you to know that through it all today, we love each other deeper. We're more committed to ourselves uh, than ever before. And our lives have been so blessed and enriched because of that time of relationship that we have spent with one another in love. In love. God wants to do the same thing for His children when it comes to our relationship with Him. We have other relationships, other love relationships. We love our children. We love our families. We love our jobs. Uh, We love our recreational activities. Uh, We love our pets, and we love special places. There's all sorts of other loves that we hold dear. But there's one love that should surpass all others. Jesus, when He was asked by a young scribe, what is the greatest and foremost commandment of all, said these words, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your hearts, with all of your soul and with all of your mind and all of your strength. The second is this, that you also love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, all throughout our lives, yes, we are going to have other loves and we're going to have other relationships, but there's nothing more important in all of life than our love relationship with Jesus Christ. He is to be first and foremost in all that we love and hold dear. And you and I know good and well that that that's not necessarily easy to do because we have other things that pull at us, that tug upon our hearts. And sometimes, even in our familiarity with Christ and the church and being a part of it, we can grow to where our hearts are lukewarm. Lukewarm is not where God wants us to be. Relationships can be taken for granted. And in this letter to the church at Ephesus, Jesus gives them an understanding that they were an active church. He says, beginning in verse 1, I know your deeds. I know that you are an active church. I know that you're involved in what you're doing. You have great toil and perseverance. You, you can't tolerate evil men. And, and you even put to test those who are false apostles to the point that you show them and you show others that their teachings is false. I know that you work hard at what you do. And while I'm at it, I want to say to you, congregation, and especially to our senior adults, how much I appreciate all the hard work you put into making this church what it is and put into glorifying our Lord Jesus Christ. It takes a lot of hard work to, to maintain a facility this size. It takes a lot of hard work to day after day reach out to the many who are around us and seek to minister to their needs and meet them where they are. This God knew of this church, this God knows of our church, that the things that we do are seeking to build up the kingdom of God. We work so hard and we do so many things, but if we're not careful, we can get carried away from the one thing that should mean the most and does mean the most to His heart, should mean the most to our heart. That we should love Him first and foremost. That we should love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And here we find in this letter to the church at Ephesus, These words of Jesus, giving them warning, he says in verse 4, But this I have against you, that you have left your first love. They had allowed their love for God to become lukewarm. This was not good. There is a warning. It's also given here. We see in verse 5, he says... I will come and I will remove your lampstand. Now, if we go back to verse 1, we see that He introduces Himself who walks among the churches, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. He is the one who is there, who is seeking to be glorified in their midst. And my friends, His Spirit is still here with us today. The Lord Jesus Christ is in our midst as we come to praise and honor and adore Him and worship. And there is this warning that I believe that He wants to give us today as well. And that is that the question is asked, do you love me with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength? For you see, that is where we need to be. We can put ourselves to all the hard work that we want to. We can do all the good things in Jesus' name that we want to. But the real question has to be asked, do I love Him? Do I love Him with all of my being? I tell you, I've looked at some statistics this week that are very startling and should also be startling to our own very hearts. Just listen to these statistics I'm about to give you. Each year, 250,000 Christians, couples, are divorcing. Every year. What are we doing? Church, what is happening to us that 250,000 Christians would seek after and get a divorce year after year after year? Not only that, but some of the statistics that I read was that that oftentimes when you look at certain states, you will also see that not only is that number high for Christian conservatives, but it also is exceeding those of those who are atheists and don't even have a relationship with God. What is going on? Some other startling statistics Survey among Christians saying that 27% This is Barner, which is a research group. Survey among Christians saying 27% of them said that lying was okay. Now I want you to, to put this around your mind. One, over one quarter of the Christians, and there were thousands of Christians that were surveyed, over one quarter of them are saying it's okay to tell a lie. What is going on? Can you believe this? That one quarter of those who would proclaim Christ as Savior and Lord would say it's okay to tell a lie. You know, situation ethics. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Many Christians have never even read their Bibles all the way through. Tripp, I'm so very thankful you started that program to read the Bible through, to, to go from Genesis all the way to Revelations and allow our young people to know what the Scriptures are teaching. Many adults participated in that program as well. But many adults who sit in church year after year after year have never read the Bible all the way through from Genesis to Revelations. A statistic that brought great alarm to me in reading this uh, in the last month in the Baptist Courier was that America, most Americans, are embracing religious pluralism. That is to say, Christians and Muslims alike are saying together, we are worshiping the same God. It makes no difference. Where are we? What is going on in our world? What is going on in our nation? We are in trouble. Do we not see it? We are in trouble. And I believe that one of the reasons we are in trouble is because our love relationship with Jesus Christ has begun to wane. We get so busy doing that we forget to just sit in His presence and look upon His face and fall in love with Him because of His marvelous grace. Oh, how we just need to stare into His eyes and look into His heart and know how He has so richly bestowed upon us everything that we need for life and godliness. So oftentimes, earnest prayer is not a priority. And by the way, I want to invite each and every one of you to come next week, June the 12th, to the Carolina Life Arena for the Global Day of Prayer. It is a time between 3 and 5 o'clock that the church is invited together to earnestly pray and seek the face of our Lord and Savior. To call upon Him to intervene into what's going on in our nation and in our churches and in our cities and our communities to bring healing and help. To pray for our individual souls and lives to be saved. To bring unity to the church that we might be able to impact the world for Him. There's a story of a pastor who... Knew his congregation very well. He was seeking financial support for some missionaries that had come from Japan. He knew that they were not given to often give liberally in support of such things as this. So he prefaced the offering by saying, Now, if you don't give and meet the need that we have for these missionaries, I'm going to start praying that God would send your children to Japan as missionaries. Wait, do you know what happened in that offering? They raised more than enough money. But they weren't giving money out of love for God and the mission to the world. They were giving because of the fear that this pastor had instilled in their heart. Trust me, God still answers prayers today. God still moves upon the hearts and lives of so many. They were giving out of fear when it should be out of love. What causes this condition among us? That we should come to the point where our love for God has begun to wane. He says, I have this against you, church. When he speaks to the church, the he says, you have lost your first love. You have left your first love. You've wandered away from that red-hot relationship that you once enjoyed. How do we get to this point of being so lukewarm? In his last letter, in the letter to the Laodiceans, Jesus writes this letter through John, saying in Revelations 3, verse 17, Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You see, they didn't even recognize the condition that they were in. We have no need of nothing, anything. We have everything. We're, we're, we're just rich within ourselves. And we're providing and we're doing and we're having a great time. Oh, who needs God in the, in the mix of things? Uh, things will only get messed up. But they had become lukewarm in their relationship with Him. And He says, I will spew you out of My mouth. God hates individuals who are putting themselves in that position of being lukewarm. My friends, God hates many things, but He does not want to have us sit by and be lukewarm. He says, I would rather you be cold or be hot. Well, where do you think He wants you and I to be today? As those who claim to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He wants us to be red hot. Where is our love for Him that we should obey Him? Where is our love for Him that we should serve Him? God calls you and I into a deep, abiding love affair. But unfortunately, many fall into self-centeredness. This is where Jesus is saying that they are going wrong and, and how they are getting to a point where they are lukewarm and no longer in love with Him as they once were. They have come to the point where they feel self, self-sufficient. It's not something that happens overnight. It's not that our love suddenly goes from being hot to, to being cold, but it's, it's something that happens gradually over time. It's kind of like I've heard the story, I've never seen it happen, I would never treat a frog this way. But I understand that if you put a frog in a pot of water, and you begin to heat that pot up ever so slowly, the frog will never jump out. And even though the water will be coming to that boiling point, it would rather sit there and die because it has become comfortable in its surroundings. Oh, that we would never come to that point where we're so comfortable and and so self-assured and so reliant upon the things that we do that we would ever fall away from recognizing that our love from God has grown cold. A second thing that will cause this condition is ignorance. Notice again that he says in verse 17, You say I have need of nothing, yet you do not even recognize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind. They had not even recognized their condition. They were ignorant of exactly what their space was and time and what was going on. They knew not that they really had fallen out of love with the very One who had loved them to the cross. Adrian Rogers once said, Lukewarm Christians have probably done more harm in our society than prostitutes and bartenders. Isn't that a stinging uh, 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 indictment against you and I? Lukewarm Christians have probably done more harm to our society than prostitutes and bartenders. Hypocrisy was the very thing that Jesus fought against most with the religious leaders in His ministry upon the earth. Oftentimes, He would have them to be confronted by their very nature of their, their, their religiosity. And face the fact that they may say one thing, but they were doing quite another. Ignorance had brought them to the point where they also were lukewarm. J. Campbell Morgan says lukewarmness is the worst worst form of blasphemy. The worst form of blasphemy. So what is our answer? We recognize that this could be the condition of our own hearts, but what is our answer? In Revelation three, verses 18 and 19. Not only does Jesus give the church at Laodicea uh, uh, this warning about being lukewarm, but he also gives them the answer to their condition. He says in verse 18 and 19, "I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may become rich in, in white garments so that you may clothe yourselves, and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see." Those whom I love I reprove and discipline, therefore be zealous and repent. God says, buy gold from me, or allow the glory that you receive to come from me. Maintain the garments that, of righteousness that can come from me. Our righteousness, the Bible says in Isaiah, is, as, and all of it says, filthy rags. But the righteousness of Christ shines bright and is glorious. He says, buy I salve. Only Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth, can open our eyes to see, to allow us to see the true condition of our hearts and to allow us to see the conditions that are really around and about us that that we may know and that we may understand. And the Spirit of God is there to provide in our times of need. He says, repent and be zealous. Literally, this means to be red hot for God. Can you say with certainty today and with full assurance... I love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, all of my strength. I am hot for God. I'm hot for my wife. I'm hot for God. I'm passionate about the things that I love, and God wants us to be passionate about Him. He says, "Be zealous and repent." Remember verse uh, verse two of chapter. Two, I mean, excuse me, verse. 5 of chapter 2 in the earlier letter that we uh, read to the Ephesians, he says, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first. You see, he gives us more instruction on how to get back to where we need to be to foster that strong love affair with Jesus Christ that needs to be maintained. He says, remember, remember, look back. At where you were at one time. Can you ever look back at your life and you can see that there was a time in your life where you loved Christ more than you do today? Was there a time when you, you ex- were excited about who He was and about all that He has done for you because He died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins? He gave you the presence of His Spirit to live and abide in you and to give you strength over temptations of sin and bring you into a right relationship so that you might know holiness? Oh, those were exciting times. I remember the day of my wedding. I remember the day of my salvation. I remember the joy and excitement was there. And my friends, may I tell you very plainly, that as far as my honeymoon with my wife, and as far as my honeymoon with my Lord and Jesus, it's not over. Many want to go through a time and they say, well, the honeymoon's over. You know, it's, it's now it's just grin and bear it. I want you to know with certainty that a love affair with Jesus Christ will bring excitement to your days and joy to your heart. It will bring you confidence to overcome any obstacle and it will give you strength to endure whatever may come your way. My friends, when you and I love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of our heart, when we love Him with all of our soul and all of our strength and all of our mind, we are going to look to Him daily, not only to know Him, but to serve Him. And when we serve Him out of love, we're going to see more glorious things happen than you can ever imagine. He says, remember from where you have fallen and repent. That word repent means to turn back. Not only are we to look back, but we're to turn back to get back to that position of right relationship with Him. We're to turn around from the way we're going, recognizing. He says, look back and remember. Oh, you need to recognize, church, where you are today in your relationship with Him. Do you love Him today more than ever before? He says, Do those things which you did at first. Do you remember your honeymoon when you were first married? If you if you've been married? I do. Oh, what a night. Oh, what a week. Oh, what a year. Oh, what 41 years we have enjoyed. The honeymoon has not ended. And it's the same way with our relationship with God. He never wants the honeymoon to end. He wants it to be as fresh and new and as exciting as the day that you met Him. Do the things you did at first. The Lord says, remember, repent. Go back to doing those things you once did in those earlier days. And then we need to also enlarge our love for Him. Not just go back and, and, and allow that love to be rekindled, but, but also go back and stir it up even more. How do we enlarge our love for God? In well, Ephesians five eighteen, Paul says that we are to walk in the fullness of His Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. In other words, how much does God have of you? You, you, We have all of Him, but how much does God have of you? Have you yielded your complete entire life into His hands? Be ye filled with the Spirit of God. Let Him lead you and guide you. And as you do, as Paul says in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit will be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control control of the Spirit will bring about this Christ-likeness in our life and, and we'll be more alive than we've ever been before. The writer of Hebrews encourages us to stimulate ourselves to love and good deeds. He says in Hebrews 10.24, Consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Oh, how we should be going about day by day asking ourselves a question, looking unto the Lord for answers. Lord, how can I stimulate someone else to love you even as I do today? Building up that excitement. Choir, senior choir, I want you to know you excited our hearts today in worship as you sang unto God. You stirred us up to love him more, to see him more clearly, and oh how we need to do that for one another. This word stimulate carries with it the view of excitement. Now I know the older we get, sometimes the less we want to get excited. We're afraid, you know, things might go wrong here in the heart. But God will make it all right. Go into this love relationship, exciting others what it means to walk with Him daily. We bring all this down to a conclusion. Where do we stand today? Are you and I in danger of growing complacent and content with where our relationship is with God? Or do we hunger and thirst after more and more and more? It's so easy to become so familiar with doing religious things that we forget to love Him. And that's what He wants the most from us. To love Him with all of our heart. To love Him with all of our soul. To love Him with all of our strength. To love Him with all of our mind. And when we do, He will make a difference not only in our lives, but in the lives of others around us. He will bring healing to our nation. He will bring a witness to to our family and friends. He will use us for His glory. Psalm 127, verse 1. The Lord speaks to us very clearly, saying to us, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise early and to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for He gives to His beloved. Underline that in your Bible. He gives to His beloved even in His sleep. You see, seniors, you and I can sleep late in the mornings and knowing that God is still there to provide, to do, to help. Our greatest need is to love Him. His greatest desire from us is to love Him. And out of that love, indeed, we will serve stronger and we will go further than we ever have before. Do you know Jesus today as your Savior? Do you know how how it is that He has loved you. Romans 5, 8 says that God demonstrated His love towards you and I, that even yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God's love for us is evident through the cross. Do you know Jesus today? If you know Christ today, evaluate your love quotient. Are you red hot for the things of God? Do you want to longly look into His face and spend time with Him just adoring Him for who He is. Not for just what He can do, but for just who He is. He is beautiful. I trust today that you will know Him more fully, more completely. And you'll love Him with all that you are. Shall we bow? Our Father, today we thank You for the Word of God which guides us into righteousness and holy living. We thank You for the love that's revealed from Scriptures. A love that that exceeds all our imagination. And Father, I pray that by Your Spirit You would move among us today that that we too might evaluate our own relationship with You. No matter how long one may has professed Christ as Lord or walked with You in service, Lord, help our love to grow deeper and stronger than it's ever been. Excite us with Your presence. Move mightily by Your Spirit among us to renew our hope And to cause us to do crazy things because of our love for you. To reach out to a community. To reach out to a nation. To reach out to a world with love that sometimes just doesn't make sense. But it feels so good. Bless, I pray, this, your people. Draw those close to you, Lord, who are calling out for help. Hear the cries from our heart. As we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close as we do with invitation. And if you've never known Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day to make that commitment. His arms are open wide to receive you. We would love to pray with you and help introduce you to His love. If you're sitting here today and you know that the words of Jesus is true, I know your deeds. You, you've been working so hard. You've been doing so many things. But you know your love affair with Christ is waning. The spark is, you know, not what it used to be. You don't need to come down, but right where you are. Pray, Lord, stir my heart to love you more, to love you deeper. Help me to know what it means to truly sacrifice in a loving way the way you have sacrificed for me. Paul writes in Romans, or or 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, and he says, Love never fails. He will never fail you. And He will hold you up so that you never fail Him. Stand together if you will. Dr. Esep will be down here with other staff members to receive you. If you know the Spirit of God moving in your heart today, to make a decision for Him, to respond to Him. Don't let the crowd that is here, don't allow your own embarrassment about maybe coming down in front of others stop you. But as God's Spirit speaks to you, you so move.